Turn with me to Joshua chapter 2. Now we're talking about entering the season of possession. And if you missed the last two weeks, I encourage you to go to the website, go willida.tv, and catch up on the first two, two, uh, two, two parts. And this is the third part, okay? So I'm, I'm not going to review what we're going to talk about last, last two weeks because of time. I've got like 15 minutes to go, so I'm just going to go really quickly. Okay, chapter 2, verse 1. And Joshua, the son of Nun, sent two men secretly from Shittin. <laughs> Didn't come out right. As spies. <laughs> saying, go view the land, especially Jericho. And they went and came into the house of a prostitute whose name was Rahab and lodged there. Then the king of Jericho, verse 3, the king of Jericho sent to Rahab saying, Bring out the men who have come to you, who enter your house, for they have come to search out all the land. But the woman had taken two men and hidden them. And she said, True, the men came to me, but I did not know where they came from. Um, and when the gate was about to be closed, at the dark, the men went out. So she lied. Do not know where the men went. Pursue them quickly, for you will overtake them. This is the point I want to make. I can just imagine, okay, let, let me make this point, then I'm going to expound on them. You, in your process of taking possession of the promise of God, you will probably get help from the most unexpected person, people, or a group of people, or company, or some individual. You and I should not be close-minded about who and how we should get our help from. Did I, did, I, did, I, did, did I make that clear? I can just imagine if the Pharisees were to sent to spy out the land, they would be dead. Because they would say to themselves, we cannot work with the prostitute. They are sinners. And therefore, they have nothing to contribute to my life, especially when it comes to the fulfillment of the promise of God. What am I saying? I'm saying this. There are times we've missed out what God is trying to do in answering the promises He'd given to us, in fulfilling the promises He'd given to us because our mind is so narrow, we will only accept help from those whom we think are qualified to help us. There might be people that you do not think are qualified to help you. There will be people that will be giving you a hand, lending you a hand to help you to achieve your dream. People that you least expect would be able to help you. But if you are close-minded, then you will miss out what God is trying to do. What I'm saying is that don't confine or try to, the operative word is try because try you may, might not work, it will not work. Don't try to confine God how he would fulfill his promises, promises to you and by who he would do so. Or you will miss God. You can try but you will fail, God will not be confined. You cannot say, God, I want you to fulfill the promises you've given to me, my way, my imagination, and the people that I expect you to fulfill it through. You'll be waiting for a long time. 
Some of you are waiting for a spouse. Here we go again, right? And you're just having an expectation of some kind of spouse. I mean, it's good to have high standard. But I tell you this, you need to have a standard that say, God, I will go with your standard, not my standard. I will go with what you've given me, not what I imagine it would be. Be open-minded. Are you here this morning? Then you will have a spouse next year. Do you remember the story about this man, you know, caught drowning? Helicopter came. He said, no, no, at first a boat, a boat came. Oh, no, actually a firefighter came, and the water was rising. And he said, no, I'm, I'm t- no, 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 it's not from God. Lord, save me, save me, save me. And then, and then God sent again another person in the boat. Now the, the, the water is rising all the way to the roof, and then the boat came, and, and, then, and then he said, no, no, that's not God. He was expecting God to come down with his big hand and just scoop him up, right? That was his imagination, stupid, right? And so he said, no, 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 that's okay. God is going to save me. And then, of course, you know, like the, the water kept rising, and then, and then the helicopter came. Last chance. Come on, man, get on board. No, man, I'm waiting for my God. Sorry, thank you very much. Go on, go on. You're crazy. It's okay. I'm going to show you. He showed no one. He drowned. He went to heaven. He said, God, you're so unfaithful. I trusted and believed in you. I expected that you saved me, and here I am. In heaven, as if that was a bad thing. But anyway, so here I am in heaven. And God say, you stupid fool. I don't know if God says that, but you know, he does say fool in the, in the, in the prophets. You fool, you know, fools do this, right? So he does call people fools. So he, you stupid fool. I sent people to your way and you rejected it. Is Laurel here? Laurel, come on here. I'll share with you the testimony. It's spontaneous. I'm going to hold the mic so he doesn't talk too long. <laughs> come on here. Come up here. Come up here. That's a step over here. So I'm going to do most of the... Come on in. Okay. Show your handsome face. So um, you, have a, you, have a, you have a liver problem. Is it liver? Yeah. So you had a liver problem. Liver transplant. No, no. Not, let's, don't oh, jump okay. the gun. Let's just, just flow with me, brother. Oh, Lord, okay, just, okay. Just, oh my goodness. That's why I'm holding the mic, Shandai. <laughs> so you had a liver problem, but you believe in for miracles. Yes. All right? Supernatural healing. Amen. Amen, right? So, so he was in the hospital. So somebody called me up and said, you know, we're going to go to do a visit, uh, Brother Laurel. I said, okay, I'd like to come. So we went and visited him. In the car to your hospital, they were saying to me, oh, you know, Brother Laurel really believed in God for miracles. And, and he really believed in healing. And that's why when the doctor told him, you know, uh, you need to apply for and, and be in the waiting list for yes. liver transplant, he rejected the doctor's advice. So, you know, usually, you know, I, I'm from Word of Faith, so I say, oh, praise the Lord. You know, praise God. Wow, I just admire such a faith, you know. Wow, this is amazing. So while I was just talking and talking, and the Holy Spirit prompted my heart. The Holy Spirit said, you go tell him to apply to be in the waiting list, on the waiting list for the liver transplant. Is it true? You have said before to me, said, okay, Laurel, Brother Laurel, this is... So that's when I got to the hospital. That's yeah, what yeah. I said. Okay, then I got to the hospital. Okay, go ahead and tell him. And then he that. said to me, the grace of God is huge. It's unlimited. You have only two choices. Reject and accept the opportunity under the huge grace of God. And that time I said, okay, I'll accept the grace of God. And then after that, 
the doctor came to me and he said, okay, now, Lorel, um, he said to me that your situation is getting worse. And I asked him right away, what is the best way for this? And he said, transplant. And I said to him, how, how, many, how, uh, how many percentage the mortality rate? He said, for you, zero. And, Those doctors. Those and then there's another day, the Muslim lady came to me and said, we will send you home because you didn't have a donor liver. And I said, no. My wife is like discussing and crying. And I said to my wife, don't cry. We will stay in the hospital. We will not leave. Because I told that lady to the doctor, I said, I said to her, no, we're not leaving because I have a donor already. And she asked me, where are you going to get the donor? From your, from your family, from your friends, where, where? And I told him directly. And I remember Joshua said, uh, God said to Joshua, don't depart the law of God. Meaning I have to utter it and confess it. And I said to her from God. And she turned around. Next day, uh, another doctor came in. At night, she said, uh, Laurel, you have already a donor. Okay, so let me stop. Let me stop him there. Yeah. Let me tell you about the miracle, right? So he didn't have a donor. And, um, um, and while he was waiting that day, there was a severe accident. And, you know, if you're working in ER, ER, right? If you're working in ER, then you need, you know, you, they, uh, they will look at um, if the person has signed a donation for the, for in, behind the driver's license. Yes. So of yeah. the, for, for the people who got victim of accident coming in, if they didn't see that there's an opportunity to save the person, they will basically just, you know, pardon me using that language, harvest their do, the, the, the organs uh, so that they can use it to do transplants and so forth. And uh, one of the sisters in our church, email that stand up, just email that stand up, right? See, this is a true story. Look at the new hairstyle. Oh, look at that. Nice. Right. So she was one of the nurses working in the ER harvesting that liver for him. Same church. Didn't even know each other at the time. I want to show you the miracle of God when we are open-minded. They say he had zero chance of mortality, zero chance of donation, uh, of getting a donor. But what God did is Supernatural. Can you imagine if Brother Laurel said, no, I'm just going to believe in complete miraculous healing or nothing. Well, then we'll be doing his funeral. Are you here this morning? Give him a hand, please. I know, I know he wants to say more, but I'm not going to let him. So, <clears throat> our mind must not be small and narrow. If you've been attending this church, you have heard me say many times, don't be narrow-minded. Don't be so narrow-minded about the doctrines that you prescribe to. Be open-minded because God is a very creative God. He can do creative and amazing things for you. So sitting here, you might be wondering, where is my harvest? Where is my harvest? I believe the Holy Spirit is talking to you right now. Be open-minded. Don't be close-minded. Don't shut off people that God has sent your way and yet you don't think it's qualified or that they are the right person that doing the things that they're supposed to do to help you achieve, to achieve your promises and your dreams. Be open-minded. Now, the second point I want to make is very close to the first point. 
okay, is in Joshua chapter 5, verse 13 to 15. Not only you want to be open-minded, sometimes the reason we are close-minded, especially for Christian, is because we have what I call this a tribalistic instinct. Okay, Joshua chapter 5, verse 13. And Joshua was by Jericho. They're about to attack Jericho. He lifted up his eyes and he looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn, drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said, Are you for us? Are you my adversary? Are you against us? And that, that guy said, No, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. Now I have come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said, What does my Lord say to this? Verse 15. And the commander of the Lord, Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you're standing is holy. And so Joshua did so. I just love this taking, you know, this second time in the Old Testament, it's talking about taking our feet, uh, taking the sandal off our feet to worship God. You know, it'd be interesting one day if you have a conviction before the Lord, you know, during the service time, you take off your feet, then you just stand and worship God. It would be some experience. I, I guarantee you that. The point is this. We always think that God, if God is for us, He's against everybody else. If God is for my stream, for my denomination, for my kind of doctrine, everybody else's teaching is incorrect. There are many houses of, uh, uh, there are many churches in the city, all across the city. They're all the ones who are calling upon the name of the Lord. Believe that Jesus died and rose again, seated at the right hand of the Father, coming in the second coming to take His church with Him. All of these churches, they are all good. They have something to contribute to the kingdom of God. Can I hear an amen? Let's not judge them. Let's not talk down on them. Let's not say any bad thing about them because they are all children of God. Now, I'm talking about churches that believe in the resurrection of Jesus in His second coming, who is seated now at the right hand of the Father, and that He is divine, He is God, and you, he, they believe in Trinity. Now, I know there are churches in the city. I don't know why they call themselves churches, Christian church, Protestant church, no less, and they don't believe in God. I don't know if you heard this news recently, you know, uh, the, uh, the, the second largest uh, 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 Christian denomination, uh, they used to be largest, but they really, really skeleton now. And they, they have a local church just right in the city here. They have a local church, have a pastor or day minister had denounced her faith. Did you read about that? And they, she doesn't believe in Jesus, God, or whatever. She just said, this is all just, just primitive thinking. And so she denounced her faith, changed all the songs and so forth. And apparently the whole congregation love it. Why do they even call themselves a church? And so the denomination, you know, had, had uh, just, just put, you know, wanted to suspend her and get rid of her. That was three years ago. And then they were in negotiation. And then the denomination decided. This is the same denomination that say that, you know, uh, uh, all the sins that the Word of God opposed is okay. And so this denomination say, oh, it's fine then. We just have a negotiated settlement. They can believe whatever they want to believe. I'm not talking about those church. Are you here this morning? We're talking about church that believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, who came and died for our sin, rose again, now sit at the right hand of the Father, and He shall return to take His church home. All who believe that, they are brothers and sisters. And they may be the one that will help us to have victory. Can I hear an amen? Come on, let's praise the Lord. Let us not be tribalistic in our approach. You know, um, interestingly, the disciple of Jesus had the same problem. 
In Mark chapter 9, verse 38 to 41, I'm not going to go through the stories. But you know, they saw someone casting out demons in Jesus' name. And they thought to themselves, hey man, you're not with our gang. What are you doing, man? You don't have the permission to use the name of Jesus. And then what did Jesus say? For the one who is not against us is for us. For the one who is not against us is for us. It doesn't matter. You know, God may be using a Presbyterian to fulfill your dream. Are you here this morning? Now, I know we, we, I, I, me, I'll be the first to admit that I do make fun of other denominations just for fun, you know, like Frozen Chosen, all that kind of stuff. But I still, I still honor them. I believe they are sincere believers in those churches. Call upon the name of the Lord. I just saw something on, while I was working out, saw something on CTS, a, a Presbyterian minister, I believe. Believe in healing. And God healed him of his sickness. And God used him to pray for people to get healed. Many, many people got healed through his ministry. So we should never limit people in our life. People that could possibly help us to fulfill our dreams and our vision. Okay, it's 12.02. Let me make my last point. I'm going to stop. In Joshua chapter 3, verse 14 to 17. Joshua now, before they started the battle with uh, the, the people in the land that they were going to possess. They had to pass through uh, uh, the river of Jordan, remember? And uh, God did an amazing miracles, op- opened the water, and they went through, like, like the Red Sea experience. Now, if going through the Red Sea was the was the what's, uh, going to the Red Sea symbolizes baptism. What then is going through the river of Jordan? Jordan. I personally believe it speaks of, of the subsequent experience we have after we become believers that has been filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, now they really have to now take possession of the promises of God. May I suggest to you that you can try to take possession of the promises of God in your life on your own strength, with your own gifts and talents and so forth. Yes, you can do that. But the best way to do, go about doing it is to lean on the Holy Spirit. When you, if you are a believer this morning, you've given your life to Jesus, you've given your heart to Jesus, and you are born again, you have the Holy Spirit in you. I want to encourage you not to settle just for that. But do what Jesus has commanded his disciples to do before they even started to preach the first word, uh, uh, to, to go to, to, to preach the first word. That is to wait from the promise of the Father that means the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute. Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit in them already. John said they already have the Spirit, Holy Spirit. Why is it that they still have to wait for the Holy Spirit? This one is to wait for the empowerment, dunamis, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. God is already in your heart. When you're born again, you have the Holy Spirit in you. But what He wants to do is not just dwell in you, but to empower 
power here to give you the incredible ability to possess the promises that He had given to you long ago. Maybe in your dream, maybe in, 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 in some prophecies or, or when you read the Word of God, there's a conviction, there's a revelation. You know, some of us, you know, really need faith. Our faith is weak. We can't even believe for, for, for miracle for an ant. Never mind about, you know, a little ant, right? Never mind believing miracles for ourselves. And how do you build your faith? You can hear the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. But on top of that, Jude 20 tells us that we can build up our most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. You see, the people of Israel, they needed faith to trust God because God you know, gave them instruction that was so unconventional. You know, to conquer a Jericho city with a thick wall. How, did, how do they do that? And God says, you know, you just take a bunch of priests, you know, and just walking around the city seven times and blowing horns and trumpets. And notice that was the only time, one and only time God commanded to do that. It's funny how there are some people just following that in these days. You know, we need to walk around our city seven times. God never give you the instruction. Stop it. He has the more creative ways. You got to listen to his Holy Spirit. But sometimes the instruction makes no sense. It's ir irrational, illogical. And you don't have the faith to follow through with it. You thought to yourself, well, no, I don't have the faith to do that. That's crazy. I'm just, you know, that's crazy. But if you have the faith built up in you, you are strong in faith, then you can do the crazy things that will marvel the world around you. So you need the Holy Spirit. You do need that subsequent experience. Because without crossing through Jordan, they would not have the opportunity to possess the land and the promises of God. So I want to encourage you to consider that. Worship team, can you come, please? Next week, we're going to talk about circumcision, another interesting topic. What does that mean? And don't worry, we're not into circumcising anybody here. Not physically anyways. Circumcision and reproach is related. You know reproach. I'm going to show you next week. God may have delivered you out of Egypt, but you still have Egypt in your heart. And that's why you cannot take possession. And God wants to get rid of that Egypt in your heart.